podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome to the Scarlet Supporters Pembrokeshire Podcast. Coming up on this week's show, we discuss the first week in the URC and the Scarlet's Ospreys game in particular. Should Tipperick have been carded at half-time? What else did he get away with in the rest of the game? We look at Giles's card, was that a penalty try or not? And we look at Foxy, not a great week for the, for the new captain, where does he go from here? Then we look at Pembrokeshire Rugby, how close did Narbuth come to a massive win? Are they premiership quality? Do we need to throw all of our eggs into one basket with Narbuth? How do we support Langham at the other end of the scale? A side that's struggling to put a side out. And finally, of course, the big question of the week. What fancy dress will Cardigan be wearing at St. David's Rugby Club this weekend? Lots to talk about. It's a packed show. So let's get on with it. So here we go again then with the Scarlet Supporters podcast. Westerer is Besterer. Joining me again this week, I've got Martin. How's it going, Martin? I'm good, mate. How are yourself? Yeah, very good. Very good. Now, we didn't realise that we were both at the ground on Saturday. <laughs> no, and we were only a stone's throw from each other as well, which is uh, amazing. Yeah, we, we, we were literally two gates over from each other and, and a couple of sections. Did you go and get anything from um, from the, the food village or anything like that at half time? No, um, I, I was unfortunately stuck on my own with the kids, so I was literally stuck in my seat for the entire duration, which wasn't a bad thing. <laughs> but I, I couldn't get up. I, cu- I couldn't go get a drink or nothing like that. I was just glued to my seat, hoping that uh, the kids didn't play up. Yeah, but well, I was down the far end, so I couldn't be asked to walk. <laughs> but, but, well, Half stadium. Yeah. Apparently, so the the couple next to me went and got. Um, so they left early for half time when all the fuss about the, the tipperick and all that kind of stuff was kicking off um so they left to get food then and they missed the first five minutes of the second half Jesus. yeah and and they came back and they were like it's daily empty there's nothing there so yeah uh, so what did you make of the day in general then mate with the with the littlands enjoy it uh, yes, it's, it's always a nice experience to go down. I mean, the, there was a, a bit of an incident in the barn beforehand with um, a, a certain side's junior teams. But, uh, you know, the, probably the less said about that, the better. Yeah, I think it's always one of those things, isn't it? When you kind of get let off the leash and uh, and, and they take it a bit too far. And, um, you know, ruin, when, when they start ruining other people's day it starts to become an issue, like, doesn't it? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I, I know entirely what you mean. Like, um, there, there was an incident where, you know, obviously kids all on a bouncy castle and uh, they ran behind and unplugged it. So, obviously, there's a lot of safety issues in, mm. with that itself. Yeah. And like I say, unfortunately, we know that they were a Pembrokeshire side. We're not going to name the side, but um, I'm guessing that somebody's going to be listening from one of those clubs that um, those kids are from. So, you know, it's it's really about just enjoying the day. Because for me, when, when I used to take my boys up, 
and girls. Um, we have got quite a few girls in my team. You know, it was always it was a really really big thing. They they used to love it, and we we went up quite a lot. I think one season we went up. We played six halftime games. You know, including European games and things like that. Oh, you know, wow. Yeah, I mean, we we played a, a lot of, of stuff, and they, and they absolutely loved it. Absolutely loved it. My my boy is seventeen now, and he still talks about you know that time when we were on on halftime pitch and against uh, who's it? I think it was Breve or someone like that in the European Cup. You know, so yeah, it's a shame to 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 ruin it. But let's say we'll we'll move on. We'll move on. But yeah, it was other than that, it was a good game. It was a good game. It was a good day. And uh, uh, and the weather. This is why I think, so we'll, we'll talk about the game a bit later, but putting a big game like that on at the start of the season, the weather was nice. It was it was warm. It wasn't raining. Uh, yeah, do you know what I mean? It, it was, you could hang around outside. I, for me, now I know we, we, we discussed it before, but for me, it was a success because... It was like what nine thousand five hundred uh, attendance. Um, I think the capacity is like fourteen eight or something like that. So yeah, if that if that game would have been a Christmas, yeah, it would have been fourteen eight. But I think whatever game we play at Christmas time will be a pretty full stadium because it's Christmas. You could play. Yeah, we've uh, got dragons on uh, New Year's Day. I think. Not hundred yeah. percent sure if we're home. I know I know the Boxing Day uh, game is down the down over Locker this year, mm. but I think yeah. the Dragons' home is New Year's Day. Yeah, mm. so I can pretty much guarantee that's going to be full. Do you know what I mean? So, I think for me, opening game of the season, nine and a half thousand fans there. I I just hope that some of them turn up again next week. I hope all of them do. Yeah. But... <laughs> hope there'd be a, a bit of a, a backup from that because we know it wasn't a win. Hmm. Probably felt a bit more like a loss to some people. I mean, I, I know it did to me. Yeah, but hmm. it, it still it was it was it was a good enough advert. It did drag a bit, but hmm. there were some really exciting moments and the crowd were really up for it. So hopefully, it was a good enough advert for those you know hmm. semi regular attenders to come back yeah. next week. Yeah, and I think those are the ones that you need to convert into regular attenders. Like I, I went up with two of my friends. I wasn't going to go. I wasn't going to go last Saturday because my, my wingman is away in college so and I couldn't get him home. Um, and then some friends of mine, well, some friends of my wife said, um, can, so they're, they're not rugby supporters at all. They're, they're football supporters no. and they moved down to the area. And they said, "Oh, we thought we'd go up and watch the Scarlets. Um, can you, you know, tell us how to get there and where to park and and all of that?" And I'd been saying to the wife, "Well, I really want to go, but I'm not going to go on my own and look like Billy No Mates." So I went up with them, and their first experience of the Scarlets was was a really really positive one. And the the, the thing, so they they're from Newcastle up the up the north, and they used to, you know they they rivalry if you like Newcastle versus Sunderland and he said uh, I was thinking Newcastle Emlyn for a minute I wasn't expecting you know North East England yeah, no, no. I, I was thinking you know just, just a, a, a couple of hundred miles or so away is it yeah no no they they moved down proper but they said their, their home 
um, you know, rivals, if you like, Sunderland, he said there'd be about 3,000 police and everybody would be segregated and there'd still be fights and there'd be, you know, you wouldn't dare take your kids to those kind of games. So to be sat in a stadium and, you know, the people on the other side of them were Osprey supporters and they had their kids and, you know, they were talking and they were, you know, the kids were winding my mates up and things like that and we were winding the people up in front of them. But it was all good banter and they they were... Yeah. You know, shock. Those are the kind of people that we need to convert into occasional fans, and then the occasional fans we need to convert into, you know, the full time ones. Uh, yeah. Well, that that's the difference with uh, rugby and football culture. But you know, that that's uh, a conversation that will take a long, long time to go through. <laughs> we'll, we'll save that for the week when everything gets called off. <laughs> so again, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so before before we crack on with with the rugby stuff. So if my voice is a little squeaky and a little bit croaky tonight, I'm still suffering from from Saturday's game. I I I my I was shouting a little this is why my wife doesn't come with me to games because I shouted that much. I I I've done myself hoarse but um so yeah we we had an email in um last week uh, uh, and I'll, I'll surmise it for a bit. It's Dave from Haverford West. So, so cheers for this, Dave. So, it, it kind of says, "Nice to know your names, but doesn't sound very radioish. Doesn't sound very podcasty to me. You should pick yourself some proper podcasty nicknames." So, cheers for that, Dave. Um, thoughts on that? <laughs> uh. I have no thoughts. I don't. <laughs> it's like I, I've had nicknames in the past, not very flattering ones, so I'm not going to say them on you. It's <laughs> well, you... Uh, n- never been something I've uh, really wanted to pick myself. <laughs> I've never known a prop have a flattering nickname, my friend. So, <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> Although the my my son's uh, one of his mates is a prop. Um, and his nickname is Biceps. And then you see him and you go, yeah, fair enough. I get that one. I'm not, I'm not going to argue with that. That's, that's him done. But, yeah, so, um, yeah, maybe we'll put some thought into to some really cool, funky nicknames. I was I was thinking that I and I gave it I did genuinely give this some thought and I came up with some all sorts of crazy ones. And I went, sure, the best one would be Griff. And then I thought, yeah, I'm happy with that. I just, I'm going to leave it at Griff. <laughs> it just, just that is done. poor. That is poor. <laughs> it took me all night. Oh, wow. It took me all night and a bottle of rosé to come up with that, mate. <laughs> it took you all night to, to say half of your surname. And a full bottle of rosé <laughs> to myself. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, maybe, maybe we'll return to that one in future. Maybe in his more than a bottle of rosé to get me. Yeah, I think up. we need to get some suggestions in because you know I I'm I'm useless with nicknames. Well, we'll um we'll see if uh, uh, if anybody <laughs> anybody sends them in. But yeah, by all means, do send us some. Uh, in- yeah, Dave from Haverford West, if you're listening again, send some suggestions in. Yeah, or record it. Now I've I found this little button, yeah. So if you go to our the the public site and all of that, you there's this little button that says message, yeah. 
and then you can record like a minute of of speech, and then I can just put it in the show. So oh, awesome! Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. You know, I've been I've been thinking of how we get people to do um, you know community games, and how we get them to do like their their match reports. Because I know how these match reports work, right? Because because I've done a couple, and I was drunk when I did all of them. And some somebody from the local paper phones up the clubhouse at about nine o'clock, and they say, oh, can I speak to somebody who can do the match report? And if you're the one that picks up the phone and you've had a couple of jars, you go, oh, yeah, yeah, it was me. And then obviously you get your own name in there a couple of times. He had an outstanding game. He was fantastic. But you pretty much printed word for word. <laughs> it was. I, I, I did it twice. And um, yeah, Were the slurs was... in there as well. <laughs> well, I did it the first time, and I was like, you know, there was there was literally nobody else left in the bar, and it was just me and a couple of the others, and it was like, oh yeah, I'll I'll do it, and so I talk it through, and then when when I saw it printed, I'm like, he's he's literally not changed anything. And then a couple of weeks later, same thing again. I thought, oh well, you know, I'm I'm having this. You know, I was I was man of the match in that one. But <laughs> so yeah, I thought, you know, let's actually because the whole point of this is this kind of podcast is to get supporters and fans involved. You know, to let them know what's going on at their local club and to get fans involved. So I thought that would be a good way of getting fans to just kind of. You know, when your game's done, just give us a quick kind of, you know, do it all off your phone. You don't need anything fancy. You literally just go to our um, podcast site off your phone, hit message, and bang, it can come in. So, yeah, you can give us your match reports or um, nickname suggestions for me or Martin. E- either or. It takes no time at all. Literally click a button, minute on your phone, done. Happy days. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going to do it next week. Just come up with a couple for you. <laughs> Oh, thank you. Thank Hello. you. This is Peter from Tembe. <laughs> if you if you hear any of them, yeah, um, you know that's it's you. Yeah. <laughs> right. Anyway, last weekend, last weekend was um, cup games for, but well, apart from Narbeth, Narbeth were uh, playing in the league, and everyone else was first round of WIU Cup. So uh, playing in the, the system they started last year where you play a little bit of a round robin first of all and then after that it goes through to kind of knockouts. Um, any anything, any scores that you kind of looked at and thought last well tidy, Mark, anything there that stood out for you? Yeah, I, I, I know you might have a different opinion but the tie that I, I wanted to pick up on was Narbeth's match against Bargoid because mm-hmm. even though it was a loss, 25-28 to uh, you know a, a team that is literally pushing for promotion, you know, it's gonna be them and Neath all the way this season, mm-hmm. I thought was incredibly admirable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think so it was home for Narbeth as well. Yeah. And yeah, to come that close on your home pitch, um it's a, you know, you always feel there's a little bit extra when you're playing at home. So like you say, when you've got a big side like them coming down, big reputation, and you're pushing them that close, yeah, you 
kind of feel that that's one that got away for him, didn't you? It's uh, it's one that yeah, they should it have was, put the it's, it's like you just kick yourself after the game, knowing you know could have done this, could have done that. That went this way. Mm. Oh, it's just. Mm. Well, the, the 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 game that I picked out was um, Harford West. Um, mainly, it was a, it was a decent win, but the, it was a shutout as well. I think it was the only shutout that I saw um, down the scores. Um, I forgot what the actual score was now, but twenty nine nil. I've got. Uh, there we go. I don't know yeah. if you've got the same. Probably, I, I remember it was a shutout, and to shut out anyone nowadays. You know, um, there's usually at least a penalty. There's usually yeah, something. something. So to to get a shutout for me is superb. Uh, so yeah, full credit to them. And you know, lots. There were loads of really really close scores on Saturday. I mean, one point, two points. There were a couple of absolute pastings, but loads of really really close scores. So you know, considering first round of the cup. <laughs> I think that's uh, uh, plenty of sides will be happy with with their performance on on Saturday. But, um, a couple of bits to pick up on. So, Temby against Hale the Q. So, did did you hear about this one? Yeah, this is uh, one of the one of the strangest things I've heard in in uh, rugby in recent years. Mm. To get to a Saturday morning and then get a phone call. Um, we we can't make it down. We we haven't got a bus or enough cars. Yeah, and that's just you know we 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 were talking you know last week about how much effort and time and cost goes into putting a game on nowadays. So you know, and Tembi would have done all of that. You know, they'd uh, your your beer order goes in two weeks before. And then it arrives that week, and uh, you know you've still got to pay for that beer, and it's not going to get drunk. And then it's just it it, it has impacts going forward, you know. And yeah. it's you know I don't I don't know the reasons from Hale Q, but to not be able to get down is you know oh. <laughs> I I kind I kind of feel for the side if you get let down by your bus company or whatever, but you know I've I've been there as a secretary of the club, and I know it's one of the things that you're absolutely paranoid about. I just need to make sure that it's, it's um, are my players signed properly, and can we get to games? You know they they're the two things that really keep you awake, and you check them and check them and check them. So yeah, to to be in that bit where you can't get enough cards to get down. As hard one, and how how do you rearrange that? You know, there, there is no space in the. Uh, no, you're looking at. The, you know, most of your boys they're gonna they're gonna want to go out watch the uh, Welsh game and and have a few, aren't they? Yeah, exactly. And uh, you know, of all the weekends to come down, um, the ones when there's a Welsh game on is always a good weekend in Tempe, but. Yeah, you know, it's it's pushing it, you know, really, really pushing it. So, yeah, that was a bit of a a pain in the ass. Um, and then Langham, you know, I I feel for Langham this year. I really do. You know, we we said in one of our early podcasts how impressive it was that Langham even manages to put out a side. Um, 
and so far this year, I don't think they have. Uh, you know, they've had to withdraw from the cup. You know, they haven't just said, you know, we can't play this one. They they probably withdrawn from the cup and said, we we're, we're not even going to try and raise the side. You know, I think... I think the main thing with that is they're not going to try and raise the side to do the travelling. Yeah, because there is some big distances in in this cup competition. It's yes. not just you know the, the, when they play in the Division Three, you know it, it is mostly Pembrokeshire and a little bit of Ceredigion based. So it's not too bad to get you know your players ready for a one hour, two hour drive max. Yeah. But when you're talking four, five hours, six a.m. on a Saturday morning, you know getting together and going down, it's going to be hard work. Yeah, and especially in Rangan because you know it's a, it's a really really small place, and they kind of rely on players who kind of maybe aren't making the first team in other close by places. You know, you, you sort of rely on do well contract, do well um, signing sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, well, you know, I think we probably should do more of that. In, in the county to support sides like Langham and St. David's. You know, I think in... it should be done all across Wales. I mean, if any club is struggling and someone's got too many players, you know, the more boys playing rugby, the better. Yeah, it's got to be. And, you know, they've got a good youth system. They have got quite a lot. Of, for, for a little village of about 150, 200 people, they run cricket teams, football teams, rugby teams. Um, do you know what I mean? It, there's there's a lot going on there, and, and the people behind the club are really passionate about putting the side out and 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 staying there. So, yeah, I think if they're struggling this year, then you know I say to other clubs, you know, let's let's chuck a couple of players for a couple of weeks. Because it's it's going to benefit everyone in the end. Having a side fold potentially, you know, I don't know how close they are to it. It might just be a, you know a couple of weeks of a rough patch and someone's out injured or whatever. But if if it means that one of your kind of second team players goes and, and plays for another club for a couple of weeks and gets a good bit of experience, <coughs> but you know we we stay with more clubs in Pembrokeshire, that's got to be a good thing. Yourself. Yeah, I I don't know how it's uh, how it's changed now with the youth rugby being dropped to under 18s mm-hmm. but for all you know, all my time in age grade, all my time being involved, you've had to have been 19 to play in the front row in senior rugby. It's been mm-hmm. a legal requirement, so I don't know if that's playing playing any sort of effect on it. Um, hmm, interesting. I don't know. I don't know because I I I played seniors when I was 15, 16. So I I'd, I'd, I came, you were allowed to get away with it back then. <laughs> you, you're not now, it's a lot more. Oh, we're talking back in the 40s now, aren't we? I was playing, it was black and white, mate. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, so yeah, you know, fingers crossed Langham can, can work away through it and can maintain. I think if they can start putting a side out, that's good all wrong, you know. Um, and the, the cardigan game as well, um, Flander B couldn't raise his side, so it's not just Langham. You know, other sides are struggling. Okay. Yeah, and you've got to think. You know, when you look at what the WR is doing, uh, WRU is doing, and they're doing a lot to promote um, corporate boxes, and they're doing a lot to promote, you know, some of these uh, fancy stuff that they they do with the hundred and fifty pound a ticket to come and meet players. You know, 
I I would prefer that they focused on keeping sides like Sander B and Langham afloat. Alive. Yeah, because uh, you know it again. This is something we'll discuss at length in a in a future episode. But for me, that's the job. That's basics. That's one on one. You know, they're, they're there to support sides like that. But yeah. So anyway, we're going to move on to results. We're going <laughs> to. Well, we don't need to do results, Mark, do we? Because we did a results show on Saturday. I did the rundown on Saturday. Now, it's not my fault if you didn't listen you to did. it, Mark. That's it. <laughs> I did the I did the ah, rundown on that's Saturday. That's what's new. That's what's new. I knew there was something. <laughs> it was too complicated for you, was it? Oh uh, yeah. You know, like you said, I'm a prof. I, I, I can't do more than one thing at a time. <laughs> breathing it's a and to standing. breathe and talk, you know. <laughs> if if anybody wants to have a look at the scores and listen to the scores, I think the, the podcast is about three minutes long. Um, from last Saturday, it's on our Facebook page. Um, so yeah, let's have a have a listen to that. And uh, Stato can do it one day because uh... <laughs> cool. I got to learn to record things on my own then, though. Oh man, crazy stuff. <laughs> so, uh, so let's have a chat about the Scarlet's game then. So, what were you? I mean, first of all, just good to be back. At the park, wouldn't it? It's just good to be back on the pitch. Good to see the boys actually playing. What uh, What do you think of the, the the game as a whole then on on Saturday? Yeah, it, it, like I said earlier, it was it was a great experience. It's my first time at the park, you know, pre- since COVID began. Mm. And obviously, there's always going to be niggles whenever you go anywhere like that. But it was a, a great experience just mm. to be back there and to watch again. Yeah. And I just I thought the atmosphere on Saturday was actually really good. Uh, I I had a um, I had the I'm not going to say the pleasure, but I had a couple of Ospreys fans just in front of me. Um, I mean, you could tell he was an Ospreys fan when he was walking up the steps because he had a a top knot, a big bushy beard, um, three quarter shorts, socks and sandals. I'm sure his name was Tarquin. And do you know what I mean? He's just he just oozed ospreys as he walked up the steps, and yeah, it was it was good banter with him through the through the game. Um, got quite heated when we were talking about Tipperick at half time. So yeah, when he decided to headbutt McNichol, yeah, I imagine it would get a, a bit heated. Yeah, so. I mean, you probably had a better view of that than me. What was your view of that? The, the, that incident? I'm, I'm quite low. I, I, I'm, I'm. What am I? I'm road G, so I, I'm only like some like eight rows back mm. from the ground. So my eye line is not quite the best. Mm-hmm. But all, all I saw was you. You could see it was late. It was hundred percent late. No one can argue that. Yeah, but you could just sort of see McNichol go backwards, and you just thought, "Well, what was that?" Yeah, and then when you see on the big screen, like, "Ooh, ooh, bye bye," yeah. that blue cap's not going to be on for a lot longer. Well, let's say there were there were two Osprey fans, two mates in front of them. There was top not Tim, let's call him, and his mate who was a bit more kind of um, normal, normal Nigel, and. 
normal Nigel said you you could see McNichol's head go back, and he was convinced that uh, you know it's a yellow minimum because there's been head contact, and uh, you know top knot Tim was just kind of oh no load of rubbish load of rubbish oh get up and on get on with it don't be such a wuss and all this kind of stuff and. For me, when you saw it on on the replay, how the referee... So the referee said... So I watched it a couple of times when I came back. And the referee said that starts on his chest and moves up to the head. And when I look at it, I go, well, his his arm hit the chest, but his shoulder hit his head. You know, it, it wasn't the arm that moved up and made contact with the head. No. It was his shoulder... And I, I can't. I, I kind of my initial instinct was that Tipperick's head made contact, you know. Yeah. But it was definitely either the shoulder or the head made contact with McNichol. So, you know, the referee makes a decision and 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 things like that. But the bit that annoys me with with that. Um, you know, there was little conversations that uh, were between supporters in the ground, and you're kind of in that bubble when you're in the ground, aren't you? Yeah. And we we were all working off the same thing too. You you can't hear what the refs saying. You're just going off the the video replaying over and over and over and over. And it's not exactly the best quality on the big screen. No, exactly. And the sun was on it as well, so it you, you know you kind of you go with your gut instinct. And it was, it was, you know, this this could be, everybody knew this could be a big call because I'll, I'll I'll talk about Tipperick in a minute and uh, and my contrasting opinion of his game to some Ospreys fans, but you know there, there was that conversation and it was perfectly um, amiable. You know there was no there was it was heated, but you know he's off, he should be gone. He said no, he's not, he's fine. He was, but to then. Listen to the the Scrum Five commentary. I'm not sure it was Scrum Five or whether the, it was commentary taken off Premier Sports, but it was then broadcast on Scrum Five on Sunday night because they put the Eddie Butler show at um, uh, six and then they did the other show at ten. So when they replayed that, that commentator. And he was an Osprey because you could hear him getting excited at the Osprey as Ospreys were moving the ball and what have you. He was getting all excited, and anything the Scarlets did was lucky they, they escaped, or uh, you know, they, there was no compliment towards the Scarlets at all. His first reaction was Johnny McNichols play acting. He's made the most of that. Look at that. Get up. Yeah. The guy was sparked out on the pitch. He he hit back. He went back. He tried to get up and couldn't. And he had to sit there and clear his head. And it was a good 30, 40 seconds before he got up. And even when he was running back, yeah, because play had carried on and Osprey had kicked the ball at the pitch. Even when he was running, but well, he wasn't running back. He was back, wobbly. Yeah. And you can tell, you can tell when you're a player or when you've watched enough of this, you can go, uh, he's, he's going to go again. You know, that was my gut feeling. He's he's going to go again. And if he goes again, that head impact on the floor is almost worse the second time. And knowing what we've been through with, with Cubby, you know, that, that ended his career, you know. 
So for Osprey's fans to start saying he's play acting and then to see it repeated then on social media later, loads and loads of times, that just wound me up. Do you know what I, mean? I was I was more yeah, angry I, with that than than Tiprick, you know? Yes, like I, I think it was incredibly disrespectful of Scrum Five to broadcast that on the programme, especially knowing that McNichol failed a HIA following that incident. Yeah. He was concussed yeah. from it. Yeah. And you still played that. I mean, yeah. at the time, you know, live commentary, you can't control what people say or people's opinions. Mm. But after the fact, and to still broadcast it, it it's, just doesn't do well for the game, in my opinion. Yeah. And and this is after, you know, um, so Dwayne's done his interview, and in that interview, he said, you know, Johnny's failed a HIA. So it's not like they didn't know. It's not like they didn't know when they were like, oh, you know, we thought, you know, this is a national broadcaster saying that the we, players... We knew in the, we knew in the stadium. Yeah. We knew when he didn't come back on, he'd failed. <laughs> how, how do they still broadcast that, you know? And then for Osprey's fans to be on social media, don't get me wrong. Yeah, I've I got a load of mates who are Osprey's fans. We all do. You know, it's, it's how cross that we bear. But most of them are... You know, there's always it's a bit of ribbing. human beings at yeah. some level. Yeah, but when it's something to do with safety, uh, you know, player safety, you you've got to kind of put that to one side, and you've got to go. Actually, this is more important. But you know, I, I I looked at a lot of the footage. I talk about Tipperick. I looked at a lot of the footage, and I I I felt it in the stadium as well, because there were a couple of turnovers and I was looking at it and going like, that's, he's, my instinct was that what he does is he goes forward, he goes beyond the ball, hits the floor with, yeah, he hits the, the, the ground and then scrapes back and then catches a ball. So he's, he's not supporting his own weight. And when no. I looked at it on replay, uh, there were three or four. So when Costello tipped him, which, yeah, that's a yellow. But the reason Costello tipped him is because he wasn't supporting his own weight. The reason he did that is because he was so far forward and he was um, hands on the floor, yeah? And he was in the process of hands on the floor and scraping back. So, you know, referees are not stupid. They they will ping him. Well, in the second half, they did. They, they started pinging him. But it was coached, Yeah. That was coached because when I said when I went back through the game, you know they were fullbacks, centres, um, doing the same uh, thing. Yeah, and it's and the technique is all there. They're forwards, their hands on the floor, and then they they're trying to do stuff from there. So you know, it's been a good few years since they changed that. So for it to still be showing by an entire team is it's a bit weird to see. Yeah, and but it's done so quick that you know, as a referee, you almost can't see it. Yeah, but as a supporter, you're looking for it because you're going. Like, There's no way he's got that ball, you know. And there were a couple of key turnovers, Costello being one, and the the there was one where we were attacking. <coughs> we we should have scored. They turned the ball over. Exactly the same thing you've seen go hand. And to be honest. Ospreys were so far. You look in the first half, 
Okay, the oh, they should have been 20 points clear, easy. But if you look at the rucks in the first half, every single one of them, our ruck and theirs, over the top, killing the ball, slow in play. <laughs> and what happened in the second half was when Jones started enforcing it. I, I put out there um, a couple of comments at half-time saying somebody needs to start enforcing the rules at the breakdown area because the ref isn't. And I watched Wynn Jones and he enforced the rules. <laughs> they, they were Osprey's play. They were still coming over, but he was literally throwing them left and right. So they were going out to the sides and they couldn't get to the ball. He, he but that's have... like you were saying last week in regards to Jake Paul and replace him. He was that person who would correct the other players. Yeah, he was the enforcer. So when Jones was doing it and, and a couple of the others were doing it as well. Um, but once the ref started pinging them, that's when we started moving that ball. And I'll be honest with you, I thought we, in that second half, you know, um, it was a try not allowed. Uh, Johnny Williams that went through probably should have scored. And for me, now this is controversial. I'm going to say controversial. I don't think it's controversial at all. Because to me, it doesn't matter where you are on the pitch. The rule is the rule. And it doesn't matter where you are on the pitch, right? Giles's yellow card. Yeah. So ball's turned over. It's, it's broken play. If Giles doesn't slap that ball down there's um, I think it was Tom Rogers and Corey Baldwin outside him with a clear run for the line no defenders there at all Giles was their last defender yeah because that ball was turned over there was nobody in the backfield there was nobody coming across and so it's not me- even just that because he's been given the yell or you have to remove him entirely from the equation yeah so if if he's not there, actually, Costello's in with a, <laughs> with a straight run, but he wouldn't need either given it. But do you know what I mean? And and there was no discussion of that on anything. You know, everyone's looked at it and gone, oh, yeah, yellow card, fair enough. But there they should have then been, you know, well, hang on a sec. Normally, but that's where Jonathan Davis should have been coming in and chirping in the refs here doing while he was looking at this video, that's his job as captain to get in there and ask mm. those questions at the right times. Yeah. And and say, you know, was there anybody in the backfield there, ref? If if he doesn't slap that ball down, ref, we has got to run in. Try. Yeah. Just we, we should have scored a try there, ref. So you know, I think we we left probably three or four tries out on that pitch. And and, and I think if that had been Later in the season, I think we'd uh, we'd have had them. I really do. I think it's just a little bit of rustiness there. But I think that if that game had been later in the season, I think we'll start running those in like we were last season. You know. But, yeah. Well, you, we have got to cut the boys a bit of slack because you know they have either only played one warm up game or this was their first game in in a lot of cases. Yeah. So a bit of slack can be given. Yeah. Well, I you know I thought there were a lot of players really stood up on on Saturday. Who who were your kind of players on on Saturday? Who did you notice the most? Uh, the one I noticed 
the most was a negative, so I, I'm not going to say this yet. <laughs> but uh, I, I was I was quite impressed with uh, Johnny Williams. Mm. He, yeah. he is just so abrasive, and mm. he does get through a hell of a lot of work. I mean, if he could improve his distribution a bit more, I, I think he could really... He could probably end up with the Welsh 12 jersey. Mm. It's it's interesting when you talk about that Welsh 12 because um, look, Llewellyn had a really good game for Cardiff on Saturday. He and, did, he did. I uh, Did you see his try? Yeah, yeah. Did, uh, and, did, he, did he even go to a replay for that? Because I, I couldn't quite see if he was held or not. <laughs> I, I, think he, I think he was over. But it, it looked to me like he bounced the, the player that wasn't on him. But he's a very similar player to Johnny Williams. In that that direct heads, you know, it's it's coming at you and it's coming at you full pace. But Johnny Williams has got a step and go. You know, he has got a, a bit that goes around the side. And, you know, we saw with his try as well, you know, when he turns the gas. Yeah, it, he's... Well, he who did he fend off? Baldwin, wasn't it? Um, uh, Scott Baldwin, the hooker, and he just not an easy uh, job. No, you know that's nineteen twenty <laughs> stone of uh, uh, of angry Welsh beef. But you know he he got sat down, and there's a lot of you know there's a lot of talk amongst Osprey's uh, supporters about how good um, Hawkins was in the centre. You know he he got. Shown her out I didn't see Hawkins that much. <laughs> I think Johnny Williams did. I think he was the guy getting underneath his feet as he ran over the top of him. He was <laughs> he he really put into the sword. He did. So yeah, it was a tough but, introduction for him, you know. Well, yeah, he's still a kid, you know, he's yeah. got tons and tons of potential. No doubt he's gonna fulfill yeah. most of that. So, you know, you you're gonna expect when you're coming up against a player like Johnny Williams, who is as physical and in your face as he is, there's, there's going to be times where you you do come out second best. Yeah. So, what well, well, what were your negatives from the game on? on My Saturday? negatives is our captain. Mm. Um, I I think it was a bit of a mistake to 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 pick Jonathan Davis as captain for a second season, just because I I don't think he's assured of that thirteen shirt anymore. Yeah. Mm. It's just. Now, I, I love Jonathan Davis. The first time I saw him, it was the, the Junior World Cup back in 2008. I, I I went, I saw him, and I've been in love with the type of player he is since then. But he's just, there's just quite a few things that didn't go his way. Yeah. It's like the, the first Anscombe's try. If you rewatch the replay, you can see the ball go past him. Obviously, Rogers fails to make the tackle, which is unfortunate. But Foxy should have been covering Anscombe on the inside. Yeah, yeah. And then we talked about Giles, where he should have been in the year a bit more. And at, at the end of the game, we had, I think it was two, maybe three penalties, you yeah. know, in and around the 22 when we were seven points up and we didn't go for the three. Yeah, I think after it, those first two, you could almost forgive the first two. But, you know, Osprey's defence was absolutely immense for that 10 minutes. I knew they'd just gone, do you know what? We've got six minutes left on the clock and I can waste another one just by taking a kick and that may well put us 10 points ahead. 10 points ahead with four minutes of game time left, you know, it, it changes the equation. 
And, yeah, I, and, and even if he missed the kick, you're thinking you're going to get the ball back. It's going to be a uh, 22 dropout. Yeah, you just so make sure it's... Dead, yeah, and I I agree. It's a hard hard thing to to do, but I think we as Scarlets, I think we went through it last year with Rob Evans, where somebody who you know we 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 love Rob Evans. He's a fantastic player. He's a character. He's he was a decent player. And it's hard to turn around then and go, you're not quite the player you were. Do you know what I mean? You 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 just you've lost a bit of an edge either through injuries or age or you know sometimes you just go off the boil. And it's hard to admit that as a as a supporter. You know, Ospreys are going through it right now with Alan Wynne Jones and Reese Webb. Reese Webb was shocking on Saturday. Absolutely oh, I'll be honest. Shocking. I think I think the first half was the show of the the two worst possible performances by Welsh nines. Yeah, and I, I'm a big lover of Garth Davis, mm. but I, I I don't know what happened. I was watching the warm up. It was him and Hardy, you know, box kicking back and forth. And I was thinking, you know, I'm I'm glad Gareth's starting by here because Hardy did not look put one kick tidy during the warm up. Mm. But mm. then the game come and. Just on. completely flipped. Hmm. But see, Osprey supporters just won't hear a bad word about Alan and Jones or Reese Webb, and and we we were almost in that situation last year with other players, and I think now we're almost in that situation with Foxy, where we're going, you know, we love you to bits, mate, but you know, almost picky games, you know, pick. Connaught, Zebra, or <laughs> maybe not Zebra, but do you know what I mean? It's, uh, yeah, I, I think you're more, yeah. you are better used as an influence to other players than as a player yourself at the minute. Yeah, yeah, and especially you can almost, you know, Alan Jones kind of gets away with it in the forwards because it's not about pace in the forwards. It's, it's about that relentless. Can you? Take the ball it's, and it's the work forward. rate, isn't it? Yeah, and he's still got that. You know, he has lost his pace, and he, he gave away oodles of penalties. But you know, he controlled the line out. You know, that was the one area that, of the pitch that we just uh, we were poor. We were really, really poor yeah. line out in the first half. We were bad. You know. Yeah, but I think we kind of we played into that ourselves by letting Elias start with no game time under his belt. Yeah, I I think it would have been we would have been better suited to put him on the bench, just to you know let everyone find their groove first. Yeah, but I think with as I said with Alan and Jones, he he can hide in the forwards, and but you could still see his influence around the pitch. You could still see him gm players up. You could still see him shouting at them, and and you know Foxy's a different player, but at outside centre, you you need pace. <laughs> You know, you need raw pace. And you know, we, we, we spoke pre-season about people like Corey Baldwin. And I actually thought he, he played really well, you know. Yeah, he, uh, he didn't do nothing wrong from what I've seen. And he, he tackled his heart out. Yeah, yeah. And Albeit on the wing, but still. Yeah, but I, I, I'd I like to see him. and I'd like to see Ryan Combe in the centre. I think he's big enough, he's strong enough. And a boot. Did you see his boot? Did you see his kick? 
that was immense. That <laughs> was immense. Was, he's a lefty as well, is he, isn't he? Yeah, I didn't know he was a left foot. And he absolutely melted that. That was hour 22 and it was 10 metres inside day 22. You know, that's a, that's a big old boot to have, you know. But I just think we need to, to look now. We, we need to not put ourselves in that situation we were with Rob Evans last year and just kind of go, you know, this is coming. <laughs> just accept it's coming. And... You know, Foxy's just gonna. It's not about moving aside. It's just about that gradual bit about you know the end of your career is coming, mate. And let's just need to manage you a bit better. Yeah, yeah, bit management. So yeah, that was that was last. I I mean, let's cover off a a, a, you know couple of three weird reactions that we do on the um, on the Facebook page. So. who did we have? So Andrew Cole uh, must start better. Um, Hugh Williams, <laughs> Foxy looks slow. Oh, yeah, I think the, the the general feel of the the three. Well, we we do three word uh, three word thoughts, um, three word reactions. That's what we call them after the game every week, and it just kind of it does tend to sums up a game as much as you can. Yeah, and it's it is good because sometimes you get some, some right ranty people on there, but I think people kind of the second half uh, it just kind of showed what we can do, and you know, it was we, like good second half, like yeah. another one bad first. Half. Yeah, it was very much that kind of way, but you know we'll um, we'll talk about the Scarlets and Ulster game and. Uh, uh, in a minute for, for next week. But uh, before we do that, before we do that, we've got a couple of other fixtures that we need to um, to let people know about. So, yes, we do. Uh, this Wednesday, uh, Scarlet's West, uh, so that's the under-16s, are playing in St. Clair's against Dragons Red. Um, quarter past seven. So I think these are the kind of like the, the proper fixtures now with um, uh, Scarlet's West. So that's 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 going to go ahead, pretty much guaranteed. So um, that's quarter past seven. That's in Clears on Wednesday, and then obviously, we, so we, we'll have a chat about um, Scarlet's Ulster in a minute. Then who have we got now? So, uh, championship, we've got Narbuth are away at Bedwas. And that's going to be a real, real cracker. Uh, so, Bedwas, you know, finished fourth last year, one place above Narbuth. Hmm. And I, I think this is going to be a real test uh, to see where Narbuth is standing this season. They've had, they had a really good outing, v Bargoid, like we said earlier. Hmm. They lost uh, 31-25 in the same fixture last year. So, Let's hope they can do one better now and really crack on. Yeah, I'd say it would be good to see them uh, improving. I mean, it would be good to see them have a bloody car park at the pitch. But, you know, aside from that, it would be good to see them, you know, start challenging and going back up um, where we think they should be. So, uh, Pembrokeshire, it does need someone in the Premiership. Maybe we should start, uh, you know, campaigning for... 
you know, one team from every county in the Premiership. Oh, let's not. Oh, that's, that's a whole. This is going to be like a whole series of Christmas specials now, mate. You know that. There's <laughs> just going to be a whole load of, of empty bottles of rose and, and Christmas beer and me and you ranting about, right, this is what we need to do. But yeah. Um, well, at least the podcast will go on forever. <laughs> Make the recording of it would go on forever. <laughs> we never get to publish it because we'd still be there going. <laughs> and another thing, <laughs> so, um, Aberystwyth at home to Newcastle Emlyn. What what you make of that one? Uh, hopefully, Aberystwyth can squeak out a win. I personally, I, I don't see. I think Newcastle Emlyn a little bit too strong. But you know, with the travel involved, I'm I'm hoping that maybe they're. Uh, a star player or too light and Aberystwyth come away with it. Yeah, I think Newcastle I mean, have been playing really well the last couple of seasons and you know the, you know you're always going to get a, a, a tough game with them. I don't know if being at home is going to make any difference to Aberystwyth but it should be a, a, a good game shouldn't it? It should be a, a good close game. So, yeah. Krimich <coughs> uh, away in Gorsainen. Krimich I've been doing awesome this season hmm. and I, I'm hoping they keep it going I, I'm I'm really putting uh, I'll put my eggs in my basket with Krimit they're going to do a good signing over yeah I think so too I think so. I just think like you say momentum is there and go signing a bit of a, a bland team do you know what I mean? they're, they're always decent there's never anything exciting about them and this year Krimit do just seem to there seems to be a bit of a spark about them. So, yeah, I've got Crummock winning that one as well. So, uh, next is uh, the, the first of the Pembrokeshire derbies, if you like, in um, in Division 1. So, Pembroke at home to Whitland. Now, th- this is one where we're really going to see what the story is with Whitland. Mm. Because they, they haven't... I know it's only two games in, but they haven't performed at all. They took a hammer in at home from Ammonford on the weekend. So, you know, we're really going to see what what they've got available against Pembroke. Mm. And, you know, Pembroke only just lost last Saturday. Um, it's at home. And you do get that feeling with Pembroke that, you know, that there's improvements being made. You know, two seasons ago, you know, Pembroke would have been lucky to, to even be on the same pitch as Whitland. And now you just kind of feel that this this is a this is an evenly balanced game. You know, there's not a runaway winner of this at all, I don't think, anyway. No. So, so I, I, do you know what I'm going to do? I'm, I'm going to go, that's a draw. There we go. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to say that that's a draw. But it's, I think it's going to be a really close game, really close game. I think your nickname is going to be Fence because you really are sitting on the fence here now. <laughs> Robin. I could be Robin. Always sitting on the fence. Oh, yeah. You could be Batman. <laughs> I, I'm not going to say no to that. That's, that sounds pretty good. <laughs> um, Division 2 then. Another, another Pembrokeshire derby. Uh, Fishguard and Tenby uh, in Fishguard. So, oh, tough one to call this one again. Tough one to call. Yeah, um, it really is. I mean, Tembe have only had the one game, but it was that tight win against Mumbles. Mm. But, you know, Fishguard had a really good weekend. So, 
I, I, I don't know where, where to, uh, where to put myself. Well, friend of the show, uh, Chris Susha, you know, had a, uh, it's been on social media. I've seen the video. There is evidence there of him taking the ball, breaking the line, drawing the fullback, and giving a pass. So you know, uh, and it went a lot of editing went into that video. <laughs> and to be fair to him, I think he was. If you watch his video, he he breaks the line and he he's so shocked at the fact that he's still got the ball and he's broken the line that he almost stumbles. As he's almost shocked and just making sure that people are taking a photo. But no, it was it was a good try and fair play to Sushi. You know, he, he deserves it. I I think home advantage will. Uh, will be key on that one. Just, uh, I say, Fish Guard Pitch is just uh, one of those places that nobody likes going to. So, um, yeah, it's again another close game, but I'm I'm calling that one for Fish Guard. I am. So, um, Milford at home to Pontebarum. See, I I always find Pontebarum are uh, a mystery because mm. some seasons they. You know, they're really strong and they're fighting for the title. And then the next, they're way down the bottom fighting off relegation. So I I haven't quite seen where where they're playing at this year. I haven't haven't properly looked at the results. But, you know, this Mm. is the Pembrokeshire podcast or Milford Haven all the way. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So uh, Harford West away at Lampeter. I think Harford West have got that one. I think. Yeah. Definitely, they had a disappointing game against St. Clair's Warfan, but they bounced back. They nailed that Armand United. So, mm. hopefully, this is Harvard West back and coming to their best. Yeah, yeah. Um, Larn at home to Abbey runs that's kind of almost a Pembrokeshire derby, with neither of them quite being inside. There's the Pembrokeshire border derby, I guess, that one. But, um, <coughs> I think you've got to you've got to say that's an Aberdeen on win pretty much all day long. That one. Oh, yeah, yeah. You can't you can't see much evidence to say that Lan will really put up much of a fight. No. And Aberdeen off the back of a uh, what 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 was it like sixty seventy points on the weekend? I, th- I think it was fifty five five. They won, didn't they? It was it was a bit of a tonking that they they dished out, and I, I can see him doing the same again against Lyon, unfortunately. But there we go. Uh, Nayland at home to St Clair's. Unfortunately, I, I've got to say St Clair's. I I think they they're going to go for a clean sweep this season. They mm-hmm. done a at Havford West, so I I I don't think they're going to drop off anytime soon. Hmm. Yeah, and, and Nayland are always difficult at home, but I say I think Sinclair's will uh, they'll find their way around the outside. Uh, another Pembrokeshire derby then, uh, Pembroke.Quins against Langham. Yeah. Will it go ahead? Uh, well, I'm hoping so. I'm hoping so. Um, it would be good to see Langham put a side out, but um, you know, if they do, I think I think the Quins are got the tails up. It was a very, very narrow loss in the cup. Um and their their wins have been quite good up until then. Um yeah. I guess it's gonna be a tough season for Langham. Um but let's hope they get through it and they can they can start bouncing back. So but yeah, Quinn's win for me on that one. And yeah, then 
then we then we've got the the North Pembrokeshire ish derby, um, St David's at home to Cardigan. Um, before we before we just keep, we pick results by year. I know where you're what going on this one. I know. Yeah, so for me, I think <clears throat> Cardigan have got to go with kind of a superhero thing. I think that's I think that's the order of the weekend this weekend. I'd love to see Cardigan turn up as superhero, but not proper superheroes. You know, like super Superman, where he comes dressed as a tin of soup or you know, <laughs> something, something, uh, and not quite superhero, but superhero-ish. But yeah, it's. Um, it was... oh, see, I, I was thinking something a bit more simple, you know, because the cardigan maybe maybe come with some Welsh ladies with cardigans on, you know. They should all come in jumpers. They should all come in jumpers. That's what they should not allow cardigans. Jumpers. That's what they should come in. But uh, either way, I think Cardigan are give, gonna gonna give St David's a bit of a tonkin. Um, it's going to be a hard season for St David's as well. But uh, it's always a good night out in St David's, so it's going to be enjoyable whichever way around they go. So yeah, that's um, so that's that's the the local. Bits done. Um, I'd love to call more of them as home wins, uh, as as Pembrokeshire wins. I really would, but um, yeah, realistically at the minute, I just think Pembrokeshire rugby we we we're starting to fight back. But they say if if there was, like you said, when 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 we started talking about it, if Narbeth were a Premiership side. I think it would it would focus the mind a bit more for some of the players coming through where you know you can play at that higher level yeah at the minute the the, the impression is if you want to play at the higher level you've got to go away you've got to move away um, yeah it's like Clandavery, Quinn, Clard and Quinns or Connectly are yeah at the minute and that's no easy especially when you're talking three times a week if not more for some of these teams yeah, by the time you put, you know, time in the gym and fitness and this, that and the other. So, yeah, I think maybe it would be interesting to see, you know, there's all this restructure at the end of this season and teams going up and teams going down and Christ knows, I think it's put everybody's name into a hat and see who comes out and we'll put them in Division 1. But it's, I think if, if Narbeth can kick on and go up the divisions... It would be interesting to see what effect that has on Pembrokeshire rugby. It really would. I, I think the Scarlets can do uh, for Pembrokeshire and Ceredigion included, with you know boosting players in the in the entire region really because the well, like you said before, there used to be a bus coming through for games and there just doesn't seem to be any involvement once you get past Whitland anymore. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, we'll talk about Scarlet's and uh, Ulster game in a minute. But I think if if the Scarlet's are serious about including all of the region, then that's the kind of stuff that we need to start doing again. And we need to start, you know, supporting some of these local clubs, you know, the likes of Langley, you know. It's... it's like they, they've they've got links with all the colleges. They've got links with Aberystwyth. I, I can't even say it right now. Aberystwyth University. Yeah. So 
you know, why why can't we sort something out? Why can't we get you know m- more junior teams, more players involved? Yeah, yeah. So anyway, let's let's have a chat about the Scarlets game. So Scarlets game then this Saturday, Ulster at home again. What's your thoughts on that one? My thoughts are we're not going to see much of the ball. I, I think we're in for a massive defensive set, mm-hmm. which I, I think would be good for this part of the season, just so we can see what sort of impact Gareth Williams has had. Like, mm-hmm. you know, we conceded early and late against the Ospreys, so that middle part of the game, defensively, we held up really well. But yeah. I think Ulster is a, another step up because yeah. they had a cracking win against Connacht. Yeah, they did. But then even in that game, you know, Connacht were in that game up until, you know, five minutes before half time. You know, they, they they were still, it wasn't a runaway game. Well, it was really the second half, you know, a bit like the Dragons game. It, they were they were there until half time. And then it was the second half where, I don't know if Connacht collapsed. It didn't look like they collapsed. It just, there, there were a couple of lucky bounces. Um, if you like, oh, it, it was a Stuart McCloskey show for me. He yeah. he he he'd run everything. I said, uh, see for me, their forwards, their set piece, the Ulster set piece, just gives them. Um, it's the platform. Yeah, it just gives her the. You know, they they don't really need to think about what they're doing at certain points of the game. They they know what's happening. <laughs> they, they know they're going to win a, a scrum. They know they're going to win a line-out. That line-out's going to be driven five, ten metres. Um, so, yeah, I think we've got a, a really tough time. Having said that, you know, Ulster are vulnerable in defence. You know, when they, they they like a very, very structured game. And you could see when... Yeah, they know, are a very well-drilled side in yeah. that respect. They do like everything coming at them in an orderly fashion, which is as like you said, it's generally been the weakness over the years. Yeah, but you could see when you know, even in that Connaught game, there were probably two or three tries there that that Connaught should have scored, and it all came from broken play. It was you know when once you once Ulster get past the first one or two um, rocks and 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 set pieces. Yeah, you you start moving into this bit where they start to break down really, really quickly. And if we can get quick ball off some of those rucks, I think, you know, against the Ospreys, Ospreys never really created much against us. Other than that first, you know, five minutes, um, I thought Anscombe was, was, was quite good, but <laughs> like we were saying earlier, he picked... Um, Foxy, and after and Foxy passed, should have had him. But if you look, he, he kind of ran at him a couple of times in the game, because just because he had the pace to go outside him. So you know, I don't think, um, I don't think anyone's going to kind of get away with that again through the season. Um, and Ospreys just didn't look particularly creative, and I'm not sure whether that was us shutting them down or. There's just lack of creativity. So I guess we'll see after the Ulster game, like you say, what impact has Williams made on the defence? And because it's going to get a stern test 
this weekend. A really, really stern test. But that these are the games you want. You know, these are the games you want. These are these are the big games of the season. You know, you know, some mm. Munster, Leinster. They are, and also you know the South Africans coming in. These are the big games in your season, and you want to see your players really stand up and front up. I yeah. mean, for me, I would like to see some at least attempts at strike plays because I didn't. I don't think I saw a single one against the Ospreys. Even mm. if it, even if it collapses, you know, you know, after first receiver, I'd like mm. to see them try. Yeah, and I like you say. I think it's it's second game of the season, but the bit I'm liking now is uh, you know all the all the marketing blurb that you get about um, English Premiership of every week's a competitive week, and uh, you know seven sides could win it. Well, actually, if you look at the URC now. Um, we win. You know, Zebra nearly beat Leinster. Zebra should have beat. That Leinster. was re- that last ten minutes must have really been nerve wracking. Uh, but you know, there were there were two drop passes, <laughs> and if those if those passes stuck, they're in. And and Leinster didn't look. You know, they played in patches, so you know they might have come back. But Zebra looked good throughout that game. You know. And Benetton absolutely put Glasgow to the sword. So you know the it, even Dragons, yeah, they they took a bit of a kick in, but that was a second half kick in up in Edinburgh. And if they can put that first half performance right the way through the game, you know, all of a sudden we got sixteen really really competitive sides, yeah. and I think that's what that's what we need now with this URC. And the South African sides and everybody's kind of, yeah. This, we need to build everyone up. Yeah. And for me, it would be good to see another 9,500 people there this weekend. You know, I think if if we're going to go and watch a game this year and you're only picking one or two games to go and watch, go and watch this one. Because... You know, don't underestimate the the effect that the crowd has on you as, as a player. You know, when when you can hear that, particularly when you're warming up, and you're like, well, if you if you're warming up and you're away from home, and you're like, oh Jesus, there's you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of boys here watching today. It 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 affects you. You can hear the buzz. You can hear the crackle around you. And then if that's your side, if you're at home. And you've got nine and a half thousand people screaming for you. You know, you you're a couple of feet taller. You can go that little bit more. So, yeah, I I think that as a crowd, as supporters, we underestimate the effect that we have. And I think, given that that first game that we should have won, I, I definitely think we we should have won uh, last weekend. I think the crowd may be what's needed for this weekend to to give them that little bit of an extra if you will be I think I think that's what we need we need a, a full crowd would push yeah. us through I, th- I think that's got to be the minimum for what the scholars are looking for I should I think we should be looking to try and get at least 10,000 I know it's going to be a hard job mm. but I think we should try be aiming to get 10,000 bums on seats every home game yeah, and and I think when you look at what some of the other sides are, um, 
are pulling in some of the English sides. Um, we play better rugby than they do. You know, they, they undoubtedly for all the hype and the, you know, look at us, we're amazing because we play in the Premiership. It's not good rugby. You know, it's it's. it's it's a lot of upper, upper jumper stuff, isn't it? It's, yeah. the, the physical battle is intense. I, I'm not going to take that away. But I, I don't see the same sort of attacking play that we get in the URC. Yeah. And I think that's where we need to go now. We need to go, you know, this is a good thing to go and watch. I think if they sort out the food village, that appeared to be the only thing that, that, that needed sorted out last weekend. But, you know, so it's a really good all round thing for everyone and and I'd I'd love to see like I say 10,000 people there supporting the Scarlets um and I reckon it's hard to say which comes first you know does a win inside produce a 10,000 home gate and if we had a 10,000 home gate would that produce a win inside do, do you know what I mean yeah um, it's, it's it's always one of them you know, you, you think, oh, if we sign this player, more people will turn up and then that will help the team. Or yeah. will the team win in? It's like, uh, we'd have, we'll have to have a look at what the gates were like after the uh, Pro 12 winning season to really see if that had an effect. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, I I think for this Saturday, I, I've, I think it's so much about that forwards battle, which can sometimes drag a game down. But I think the forwards battle for us is to how uh, like how quick can we release that ball through the backs? If that makes sense, that that is the battle yeah. for the forwards. Ulster will be looking to take that ball forward and forward and forward and forward and and really drive it tight, and we'll be going well. Thank you very much. Let's spin it across the backs, and it's it's who wins the battle. Either their forwards will win, or our backs will win, and I think that's that's the way it's going to go. Hopefully. <laughs> It's um, it's going to be our backs. So if you were going to put a, a a prediction on it, then let's let's do last minute predictions. What's your what's your last minute prediction for my last minute prediction? Um, I, I I'm going to go with my heart over my mind. I'm going to say twenty four twenty starlets. Yeah, I'm going to go heart over mind as well. Uh, in my head, you know, actually, I, I think it's going to be really really close. But yeah, I I'm the same. I'm going to go kind of like 25-18 just so I can be different. But, yeah, I think um, I guess it's going to be a cracking game. And I think the more people we get there to enjoy it and, you know, give the boys a bit of oomph, the better. So, yeah, fingers crossed for that. Fingers crossed for that. So, that's it, mate. We're done again. We're done, We're done again. Week, another done. week done. Down. Another week done. And they said we wouldn't make it past week one. <laughs> yes, yeah, Zoom is the problem. You know, 30 minute recording is it's a bit of a nuisance. Yeah. So I'm going to have to sort myself out, aren't I? I'm going to have to actually buy a package. <laughs> no, no, I don't, don't do nothing like that. See, well, see if we can get some sponsorship first. Oh, crack. Yeah, but it would come in as like free beer. So have some free beer and talk about our beer. Yeah, we no, could see, do that. See if you see if <laughs> we well have, have a look around for some like ice, you know, IT companies, computer companies around. If they want to have their whatever, they they thirty seconds on the show and just somehow give us 
pre-recording or something. <laughs> See, Martin's getting Martin's getting uh, ideas ahead of his station there now again. We can't get sponsorship. Martin, absolute pleasure meeting you again this week, my friend. Hopefully, fingers crossed, we might actually be able to meet up at the park this Saturday and um, we'll do a little bit of a recording for next week from the park. And, uh, of course... Uh, like we said at the start, if anybody else wants to do a little bit of recording for the show, uh, whether it's your your um, uh, your home game, your community game, or whether it's up at the park and you just want to tell us how you're, you're feeling about the park, or indeed if you want to give Batman and Robin a uh, a better nickname, then by all means do. Batman, <laughs> Batman, Batman. Martin going to St David's Rugby Club with <laughs> fancy dress. And Never been before, <laughs> it's worth it. <laughs> My friend, I shall probably catch up with you at the game on Saturday. If not, we'll have a chat again next week. All the best, my friend. All the best. I've penciled you in. See you on Saturday, <laughs> fingers crossed. See you, mate. Ta-da. You have been listening to the Westerer is Bestera podcast from the Scarlet Supporters PEMS team. You can follow us on Twitter on Scarlet PEMS, find us on Facebook with Scarlet Supporters Pembrokeshire, or email us on scarletspems at gmail.com. And remember, West is best, but Westerer is Bestera. Cheers. Podcast Network.